Hello and welcome back to the show. This is episode 608. And today I have Sherry Medini with me. Sherry and her dear friend, co-author, part business partner, Carissa Tunis are the co-authors of Parenting While Working From Home, a monthly guide to help parents balance their careers, connect with their kids, and establish their inner strength. They're also the co-owners of the popular parenting website, adorethemparenting.com. With six kids between them and over a decade of work from home experience, they love sharing strategies that help fellow parents minimize the overwhelm while trying to juggle it all. Welcome, Sherry. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Wow. I, you, when you and I talked initially a while back, we were talking about how timely your book topic is. <laughs> because so many parents had to shift to working from home without maybe their own, not by their own choice, just by the situation of the pandemic. So right. what are you finding that is going on with parents who are now learning how to trying to figure out how to get in the groove of working from home? Oh my goodness. What a big question, right? But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was something that, like you said in our, our little bio there that, you know, Carissa and I had each been working from home for over a decade. And when all of this hit, it was our opportunity to say, you know, we've learned some things along the way. <laughs> There's some, some things that have made our lives a little bit easier, a little bit calmer. We've, we've tried to adapt and maybe we can help out our fellow parents who are facing this for the first time. Um, it's a lot, right? We don't have, you know, I, I think this last year has been a very different experience for parents as opposed to people who do not have children. Um, we, you know, boredom has not been a factor, <laughs> at least in our household, right? Not so much. <laughs> there is, there's no free time to be bored. Um, and we really have to make the most of every five minute chunk of time throughout our day, because so many people need us and we're responsible for so many things. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot, it can feel really overwhelming. We're hearing from a lot of people, you know, how do I, how do I manage the kids? How do I spend so much time with them? How do they, you know, spend so much time with each other as siblings? How do I still show up for work? And, um, you know, manage all of those different parts of me. Um, and that's what we really tried to address through the book as well, that we, in each chapter, we have a dedicated section for you, like you as the parent that, you know, self-care, that personal growth, we have a section for parenting, you know, how do I, what do I do with these kids all day? Um, and then a section for working from home as well, which is a little bit more of, you know, career advice. How do I communicate professionally when I have a little one coming in every five minutes? Um, so we, we really tried to touch on a lot of the different things that we were hearing from families um, and a lot of the things that we had learned and used in our own lives for the last decade. So what would you say are the top three, two or three uh, tips that you would have for parents who are 
struggling balancing this working from home and having kids at home and all that. And then summer's coming up. So if they're still doing it, the kids aren't even going to be in school at this point. So what do you, what are the top things you would recommend for those parents? One of the things that is the most helpful and that we we've heard good feedback from as well is that so often we're trying to find balance over the course of a 24 hour period that we think within a single day, we need to do it all um, and do it all perfectly and have that, find that perfect balance. That's just not realistic for our current lives. Um, So what we try to do is zoom out and try to find that balance over the course of a week. Sometimes maybe it's a really busy season of life for work stuff and it's going to be a really career focused month and gears a little bit and, and adjust that. But if we can try to, so I have Chris and I both kind of work this way where we have work days, we have family days and we have house days. Um, and on those work days, I mean, I'm on my computer, I'm doing interviews, I'm, I'm knocking out bigger projects. I'm really, really, really focused on my work for that day. And I let go of a lot of the guilt that has to do with my kids. Yes, of course, I still need to pack lunches and I still pick my kids up from school and I still need to make sure homework's completed and all of that. But my free time is spent getting work done, being really, really productive and being really narrowly focused on that. Um, Then when it's a family day, I can ignore some of that. You know, I'm going to choose to not respond to emails till tomorrow. I'm going to, you know, plan ahead and carve out that time so that I can spend a lot of quality time with my kids and really fill up their buckets again. Um, because when I need to shift back into work mode, we, we kind of had that balance. They felt like they got mommy time. Um, and then obviously the house days are a little bit more like all hands on deck, you know, everything is crazy. We need to be able to walk through the living room again. So (laughs) let's do what we can and get everybody clean clothes, you know, all of those kind of just functional tasks, but we can't, I've kind of let go of that idea that, you know, if you walk in my front door on any given day, it's either going to look beautiful and spotless or you won't be able to walk in the front door. So, you know, depending on the day it is. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) And I've kind of let go of this idea that every day is going to look the same, that I have to adjust. I do have to adapt. Um, because we've learned that from the second our, our kids have been babies, right? That we are no longer in control of our own schedule, 100%. No, no, we no. are kind of, especially right now, you know, somebody wakes up with a fever. Well, there goes your out week, the window, right? right? Everything. So how do we, how do we stay flexible um, while also keeping a little bit of consistency? And those, those can definitely feel at odds sometimes. Oh, that's so true. I'm thinking about um, when my oldest son was born, there were, he's a rainbow baby because our oldest daughter died of a heart defect when she was a baby. And so when he came into our lives, our friends and family, including, you know, in addition to us, were just overjoyed by his arrival and so happy for us. And They just showered us with gifts. I mean, I never saw anything like it. And (laughs) they were just so, 
supportive and generous and excited for his arrival. And so we had, we had a small living room in our first house. I mean, a small dining room and we had turned it into an office. And so the desk was sitting there and literally there was only a path to walk to the chair. And then the whole floor was filled with gifts and gift bags. And each day when he was a newborn, I would wake up. My husband at that time was working out of an office. So he would leave in the morning and come back at the end of the day. And each day I would wake up and I would think, I'm going to get through those. I'm going to write those thank you notes. I didn't want to, in my controlling nature, still thinking that I had control of my day. I didn't want to take the item out of the bag until I had written the thank you note so I wouldn't forget it. So every day I would get up and I would say, this is my goal for today. And the end of the day would come. And I got, I didn't even get it. Maybe I didn't even get a shower that day. Maybe I didn't even have time to eat lunch. My husband would come home. He would be like, what did you do today? (laughs) I don't really know. I didn't write a thank you note. And I would feel like this growing sense of frustration, disappointment with myself. Like what the heck is wrong? I, I can't even, I can't even brush my hair, let alone write a thank you note. This is horrible. Yeah. And then I finally realized our son is growing rapidly and he's going to outgrow these lovely clothes before I put them on him. So (laughs) I have to take them all out, wash them and start letting him wear it. And I'll just get to the thank you notes when I can. Yeah. So that's what I did. And, you know, I chipped away when I could five at a time, whatever. And eventually I got through them all, but now as an older parent understanding more than I did then, I think back to those days and how I spent a good portion of my day when I should have been just like to heck with the thank you notes. People will understand. I'll get to them when I get to them instead of understanding that that was the approach, the better approach and just kind of just being in that space with him as a newborn baby, I spent a good chunk of my day feeling frustrated, like, ah, I want to get this task done. I can't get it done. So I think your, your, your comment about how do we stay flexible and how do we roll with it? Because sometimes our child will wake up with a fever and then whatever we had planned is out the window and we could be frustrated about it. We can resent it. We could be annoyed but it's not helping anyone. Right. And how do we stay flexible without the alternative? And this is what I did in my early mom years where I was like, well, there's no point. I'm just not even going to try. Right. You just feel like you need to just throw up your hands and everything's out the window. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's not super helpful either, but that's where looking at that bigger picture was so helpful for me that if instead of saying, you know, I need to write the thank you cards today, mm-hmm. if you said, I'm going to write a couple of thank you cards this week, it feels yes. like, you know, maybe there was one evening where you had a little burst of energy, you know, and the baby actually had a decent day and you're like, today is the day. And it, and it goes in the wind column instead of seven days of failing, right. <laughs> you have, you, you achieved what you set out to achieve and setting those realistic expectations for ourselves. We, we ask a lot of ourselves. And I think to your point of that example, the people that gave you those gifts, 
they wanted you to enjoy them. They wanted you to enjoy him. They wanted you to, they could have cared less about, couldn't have cared less about the thing, you know, they wanted to know that, you know, it made you happy and it brought a smile to your face instead of feeling like a burden. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we put so many burdens on ourselves, um, necessary. No, nobody cares as much as we care about them. Right. And I think about those people, those wonderful friends and family who gave us gifts, if they, they would have been so sad if they had known that their gift was causing me stress as a new mom, that's totally. And I think about the gifts I have given to new moms. I don't want that to cause them stress. Nobody wants that, but yet we do that to ourselves. Well, we tend to unless we're blessed with the ability to see past that and have a better uh, mindset about those kinds of things. So I think your encouragement of parents to be more flexible, whether our child is two weeks old or 12 or whatever, whether we have one child or 10 or whatever it is, just the ability to, and I like your idea of having kind of a loose goal for the week so that if you don't get to it Monday or Tuesday or even Wednesday, but you get to it Thursday, by the end of the week, you've got a win instead yeah. of, like you said, five days of not measuring up, failing to check it off the list. If you get it by the end of the week, it's a win. Yeah. And so much of that, the flexibility, you know, something we really try to share through our website and through the book. And, and even, you know, when we do these kind of things is that we can't, we can give little tips. We can give ideas. We can give some inspiration, but what works for you and your family is going to be so different based on the age. Like you said, the ages of your kids, your own personality, your own strengths, what you're bringing to the table. So really trying to convey that, how do we approach parenting and our lives with this like troubleshooting mindset that there is no problem too big or too small that you can't brainstorm and figure out how to address that. And, you know, get hung up on what are those things that annoy you? What are those things that are frustrating, whether that's work or the kids or just your own personal life? And then how can you address that? Is there a way to shift your, you know, kind of think outside the box a little bit and see if you can come up with some sort of solution with the understanding and the flexibility that that solution is likely only temporary because any parent will tell you that what works today might not work tomorrow or next week. Um, especially Mm -hmm. if you have younger ones where they're essentially a different kid every month, you know, absolutely (laughs) so fast. So that kind of gives us the freedom to do what works today because Mm -hmm. tomorrow could look very different. I was thinking about when kids learn to tie their shoes, when they're kind of right on the cusp of learning. And when they're younger, if we just look at that isolated thing of getting shoes on in the morning to get them out the door for school or preschool or whatever it is, we slip their shoes on and tie them up. And that's, you know, a 30 second process and we're out the door. So we've now made that process efficient and then it's quicker. Then when our child gets to that stage of being ready to tie their own shoes, suddenly now the 30 second task takes five minutes 
because they're trying really hard, but their little fingers are so clumsy and they're maybe they get it, but it's too loose and they have to start over. And we can't, we shouldn't be rushing them through that or saying, let me do it. Let me do it. Because we're so stressed to get out the door. We have to now take a step backwards. Well, it seems like taking a step backwards now, instead of, you know, allotting 15 minutes to get out the door, we now have to allot 20 minutes to get out the door because now they have to try to tie their shoes. And that in the, in the little moment may look like not progress, like decline, we're going backwards, but we're really not, we're going forwards because they're learning to become more independent, but that learning curve takes time. Yes. I used to work in the behavioral health field and we would often, the families that we were working with, that was, you know, would come in and warn them that like, it's going to get worse before it gets better. That when we're putting into place new structures, new routines, new, new um, expectations of these kids, they're going to fight it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be an adjustment, but if we can stay consistent and we can support them and we can be there for them. And like you said, we can give them that literal time and space to work through this. It's going to be so much better that there will come a day where, you know, to your example, they can tie their shoes and you don't even have to think about it. And that one little thing is off your plate. You know, now everybody can walk out the front door. Um, for the most part, although we had a doctor's appointment, um, that was a decent drive away the other week and we pull into the parking lot and I was like, all right guys, let's head in. And my son goes, I don't have shoes. <laughs> I was like, oh, whoops. whoops. And I was like, actually, you know what? I think you left your Crocs in the back of the car the other day. So we lucked out, you know, one of those wow. were like not cleaning out the minivan comes in handy. Um, but for the most part, you're right. I mean, my, my older son, um, one of his first words was self. And so he was the most wow. little independent toddler. He, it was all we heard all day long, you know, no self. He wanted to do it all. I and it. it was a lot during that point in time because some of his abilities needed to catch up with what he wanted to do. But I just knew exactly what you're saying. I mean, I had to give us, give us probably an extra 45 minutes lead time to let him and help him and support him. But by the time we got over that hump, he was the most independent, happy, you know, impressive little toddler. Everyone's like, Oh my goodness, he can do that by himself. And I'm like, Yes. Now he can he insisted. Yes. Like there was not an option here, but if we can follow their lead and like you're saying that applies, whether they're two years old, they're 12, they're 22. Like I do wholeheartedly believe that, um, we need, we do need to follow their lead. We do need to listen to our kids. We do need to, um, trust them, you know, trust, give them some, some space to figure out how they need to navigate their own lives. And, you know, I have to commend you on that, that story you just told about your son, because I'm constantly talking about how important it is for us as parents to see our children for who they truly are, rather than who we think they are or who we want them to be. Um, And so 
if you hadn't been able to see your son for who he was, I think it's very cute that self was one of his first words. <laughs> but if you had not been able to see that natural, inborn, hardwired, independent streak, and you had had your own agenda and your own idea and expectation of what a toddler should and should not or can and cannot do, you could have easily clamped down on him and said, no, you're not putting your shoes on. You're, you know, you're not old enough. You don't in the back of your head, you, you can't do this. You're, you're not capable of it yet. So no, give me the shoe. I'll put it on or give me your toothbrush. I'll brush it. And you could have taken away, tried to crush that sense of independence. And he would have been so hampered his spirit would be crushed. He would, would be likely see other behavior issues, right? He'd be angry and defiant. Yeah. And you wouldn't even necessarily know why, but it's because you as a parent were crushing his spirit. And yeah. so you didn't do that. You saw him for who he was and his desire for independence was way ahead at times of his abilities. But yet you, instead of trying to smush that, you tried to carve out extra time to allow him to be that and bridge that gap a little bit. Yeah. It's beautiful. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think it's another element that kind of back to the, the working from home element that I do think it's been the silver lining is that families have had to work together and spend more time together than they've been used to. And we have spent so much time in our own household, kind of sharing that with our kids and them getting to see, you know, here's a part of mom's job. Here's a part of dad's job that we don't like, but guess what? We have to do it anyway. And what are some things about school that you don't like that you have to do? And, you know, sharing that all of us can come together, but like, daddy's good at things that mommy's not, but mommy's good at things that daddy's not just like you and your brother are not the same person. You each have different things that you're really good at and we can use that and work together as a team to kind of help each other out. And I think when we're forced into these situations, we can we can take that and use that as a positive instead of, you know, harping on the, the negative elements of it. That's so, so beautiful. I just love it. And so let's, let's play out that, that story a little bit. So your son, let's say a parent has a seriously independent toddler who wants to do everything themselves, just like your son. And so they, like you, recognize that this child is naturally ind- more independent than another child. And so they they want to be able to foster that and nurture that. But yet they're working from home. The kid has to get to preschool, daycare, wherever it is they're going. How, how do they find that extra 45 minute cushion? How do they fit that in to allow to nurture that independent spirit of their child without stressing and, you know, rushing, like how, what would you recommend in that situation? So one of the biggest things I did in my house during that stage of life was 
you know, we, a lot of us baby proof when we have little ones, but I really, really tried to make our home as toddler proof as possible. Um, all the breakables went away, everything, you know, I, I redid my whole kitchen so that, you know, the snacks he was able to get to and the cups and whatever were down low, um, that anything unsafe was up high and really revamped things. Um, where to the point that there was a period of our life, our kitchen chairs were tucked on laid down and tucked under the table because he was always pulling them over to climb on them to get to things. And it was one of those where I was like, I can't spend, you know, I need to be able to go to the bathroom. I need to be able to take a phone call. I need to be able to do something without worrying about safety. So really taking a critical eye and I mean, making our environment as safe as possible, but that also allowed him to whatever he could have access to, he could experiment with that. Um, and if, you know, you don't have that time, let's say you have that hard point where you have to get to preschool, but maybe that means working together in the evening, you know, do you want to help me pack your lunch for tomorrow? What clothes do you want to pick out your clothes for tomorrow and trying to do as much in the evening as possible? Um, even to the point where maybe they put on their clothes for tomorrow after bath time. And who says you have to wear jammies to bed? You can wear, you know, your sweatpants that you were going to wear anyway. But I think you can rethink a little bit um, if you really are crunched for time in the morning and shift some of that to a time where you might have a little bit more flexibility. Um, And also kind of accepting that it probably is just for a short period of time until they can get more skilled at that. Um, the other thing, sometimes you're going to come up against that hard deadline where, you know, we, we need to be here at this time. Here's why, you know, mommy has a meeting. This is important. I can't miss it. This is for my job and really just communicating with them that I'm not, I'm not going to help you because I don't believe in you. I'm going to help you because you know what? We're in a little bit of a rush today and it just has to happen. So if you want to go get started and then I'll be there in case you need me. Um, But I think that's okay. I don't think there ever has to be those absolutes. I think again, back to that flexibility that sometimes we do need to stuff has to happen. We have to get certain places at certain Mm -hmm. times we do have to. And that's a conversation I still have with my kids where we still have to live in this world. We still have to play by other people's rules. So, you know, the doctor isn't going to wait 45 minutes for us to show up. We have to be there on time. Um, and I think that's okay too, but so much of it is just about communicating So, so, so true. And it reminds me, I have, my oldest son is now 18. And when he became, when he was hitting his tween years, and then into the teenage years, I try, I was aware of trying to say yes, as often as possible, as often as I was literally capable of tolerating saying yes, whatever wild things he wanted to come up with. And I tried to say yes as often as I possibly could. So that when I said no, 
when he wanted to do something that was dangerous, risky, stupid, you know, whatever it was. And I said, well, you know, this is ridiculous. There's no way I'm agreeing to this. When I would say no to that, it, I had a lot, my no had a lot more leverage because I had said yes so many times and so many times as a teenager, when he's really wanting to spread his wings and do this and that with his friends and stuff, when I would say no, he would know you had a good reason. Yeah. And he, and I would just have, you know, he might look at me and I could see that he was disappointed or he was hoping I would say yes, but she said no. And I would look at him and I would say, you know, you and I both know that I say yes as often as I can. But when I say no, it's because I really mean it. And then he would just accept that. And it reminds me of what you're talking about with putting on shoes. Let's say, let's go back to that. If you build in, if you're able to build in that extra time in the morning to allow your developing toddler or preschooler to practice putting on their shoes, it's wonderful. And if a certain day of the week comes and you have a doctor's day of a doctor's appointment, you have a meeting or whatever, and you have to get out the door, then when you explain to them, like you said, this meeting, it's really important for my job. I, we can't be late or the doctor will not be happy if we show up late today. I have to help you put your shoes on because we have to go, but tomorrow yeah. you can go back to doing it. So if you're able to allow, 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 you've built up. I say leverage, but it's almost like trust. I was going to say, yeah, that trust and that understanding. And then when you have to say, you know what, I really have to help you and here's why, then they don't feel like you don't believe in them. You don't think they can do it. You don't have confidence in them. Hopefully they understand, oh, we're just running late today. Okay. Yeah. And they might not be happy about it, but at least you've explained why. And, and you have that built-in answer, it. you know, no, I want to do it. Okay. Tomorrow, tomorrow you can, right. you know, and it's, it, it's just, this is what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And accepting it at face value and you, to your no point um, is absolutely something I've also adopted in my own life because we've seen that firsthand, right? We've seen the parents where everything is a no, everything is an overreaction, um, Everything is, you know, a a battle, a power struggle. And then you run up against serious, scary things. And it's the boy who cried wolf. And I, I need my no to matter, whether that's me yelling no, because my toddler, you know, was running towards the parking lot, or it's me saying, no, you can't go to that friend's house because there might be some stuff going on. Um, that needs to hold weight. And it's hard because we, we want to protect them. We want to say no to it all, (laughs) but it's, but it's, you know, evaluating that risk at every single step. You know, my, my older son will be turning 11 this summer and, you know, we're on the horizon of new scary things, but Mm -hmm. I need to trust that the relationship we've built so far and the conversations that we can continue to have that, I'm always evaluating risk. I was evaluating risk when, when he was climbing on the playground and, you know, it looked dangerous, but he was okay. And trying to, you know, okay, bad things could happen, but does he have the skills and the tools that he needs to navigate that himself at this point? So beautiful. So, so beautiful. 
So what are you most excited for parents to learn about in your book from work about working from home? Like, what are you, what are you most excited for them to read? The most motivating thing, um, you know, through our website, through our writing, through our book is that really communicating, um, that you can make those positive changes that we truly, and that's why we started the website was that we believe that raising your kids can and and should be a good experience. Mm -hmm. Like there's going to be hard days (laughs) there's going to be tough stuff. It's going to be exhausting from time to time, but overall, you know, it's so sad, you know, it, it breaks our hearts to see parents out there hating this, hating this journey, not knowing how they're going to make it through to bedtime tonight and really trying to encourage people that there are these little things you can do to make your life a little bit easier and, um, taking those small steps, it, it does have an impact. It's all the little things, right. That add up to something more. I don't have one magic solution, you know, that I can wave nope. my wand and say, here you go. Now your life is awesome. Wouldn't that um, be nice? <laughs> it would be very helpful. I would sell a lot of books, yes. but, um, but I don't have that. Instead, I have all these little tidbits that, you know, and even as we were writing this book, there were things that, you know, as I was writing, I was like, Ooh, I haven't been doing that. I should start doing that. I need to take my own advice, you know, Mm -hmm. and we forget, we get caught up in our busy days. And the hope of the book is that we we've organized it in a way that each chapter is a different month of the year with the hope that busy parents can pick it up, read some helpful information, and then revisit it next month and start to be a little bit more intentional about their time, the way they're spending time with their kids, um, how they're working, what they're putting their focus on. So that overall, all of those little things add up to kind of a calmer household. It sounds so lovely. I am so excited for parents to get your book, yours and Carissa's book, and to dive in and really set some intentions, get some good ideas for how they can manage working from home, as well as enjoying their children because sometimes it's hard to do both so I'm really excited for them to get your book and figure out how to integrate kids being at home working from home and everybody gets to enjoy their lives because that's what it's all about right for sure I mean if not what are we doing we need to at least be trying to get to a better point yes So where can people find your book and connect with you guys and all that good stuff? Yeah. If you go to our website, adorethemparenting.com, our book is there. Um, Every, you know, all of our social media and email newsletter and all that good stuff is there. And our book's available from all major retailers. So parenting while working from home. I love it. Make sure you run out and get your copy. If you are a parent who is trying to work from home, and have your kids home. Maybe they're in school. Soon it's going to be summertime. You need this book. So make sure you get your copy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sherry, for spending this time with me today. And I'm really excited to share this conversation with my listeners. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. That wraps up today's episode. Wherever you are in this world, I hope that you make it a very intentional day for yourself.